Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair-Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Timothy Fair-Matthews and welcome back to the F10X Academy podcast, Round Pegs Square Holes. Today we've got a very special talk. It's the first in our Resilience series, and uh, here we have Julie Lewis. Julie is a high-energy, high-content speaker, motivational in style. She speaks from the heart and has three decades of experience. Julie has spoken in more than 20 countries around the globe and feels at home wherever she is living her high-content programs. Uh, And as mentioned, the Resilience series, uh, her topic today is about, it's it's called Bounce Forward, Higher and Stronger. Julie. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, giving us an hour of your time uh, to share your stories and successes and how people can be resilient. How are you today? I'm very good. And um, I'm here in Base Camp Abu Dhabi on Yas Island. And you can see I've created um, what I'd like to spend more time in the mountains and the lakes. And if you can see that, um, I'm with uh, nature biophilia. You know, um, outdoors is a big, big uh, energy booster and immune booster. So, um, yeah, being inside and online more, uh, we're all pivoting. I know lots of people are spending more time inside and online. And, um, yeah, resilience is a great topic and very timely, really, because um, whether you're running a business, climbing a mountain, writing a book, um, moving country, learning a new lesson, fighting for your life in hospital, uh, heading up a team, I mean, it's absolutely critical now more than ever. And I, I prefer to use the word bounce forward because I think, you know, when people say when things go back to normal, it's very clear that things are not going back to that normal. People don't want that to either. So it's really right. about kind of bouncing forward and higher and stronger because if you've been knocked down, then, you know, you get back up again and you, you kind of look ahead and, and you move forward all the stronger for that knock. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, guys, anyone um, today, I mean, just to give you a bit of uh, background, we're going to be focusing on how you can just, you know, get the right mindset to, to weather this period. And we're going to be covering a bit about, you know, people's mental health, you know, how we can, you know, when, when enough is enough, when to, you know, switch off, you know, when to focus on things just to, you know, kind of go into that kind of aspect. So any question, guys? Please pop them in the comment box and we'll get to get to them towards the end of the talk. But, um, Julie, I think it's really appropriate that we hear a bit about your story and uh, what what you essentially do and, and your journey to where you are now. So please tell us. Uh, tell us a bit about you. Yeah, well, I'm 58 years young. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from Yorkshire. I've been missing in action in the Middle East and Asia um, for the last 20 years. Um, my background's been in sports science. I studied sports science and Spent 18 years in the health and fitness industry, um, really coaching, enabling people to be fit and strong mentally. And um, I came to the Middle East in 19, well, the first time I went to the Middle East was in 1989, actually. I was the first 
female recreation manager in Kuwait. And I looked wow. after the sports club at the Holiday Inn Farwanir in Kuwait. And um, I was there when Iraq decided to invade. So that was um, my, first, my first adventure, oh, really. Wow. So I kind of hid for three weeks and then managed to escape across the desert with a bunch of people and, and oh, get into God. Saudi um, and then get to the British Embassy for my parents had not heard from me for three weeks saying, um, can you send me some money to get home? You know, my dad had always taught me, you know, no credit cards. If you want something, you buy it cash or you wait till you've got the money. So that was the kind of first big, big adventure. Um, and, um, you know, I stayed in the UK for four years after that, but then I came back to the Middle East because I just have a very special passion for this area. Um, oh. So worked in the health and fitness industry for 18 years in different five-star hotels, private clubs, public clubs, etc. And um, I had a bit of a change in my personal circumstances. I was married to a professional squash player who, unfortunately, um, had a heart aneurysm and collapsed and died about nine weeks after being here in the Middle East. So, I mean, I'm talking about universal things. You know, when we talk about, you know, what are the challenges you face? All of us in this room have, have lost somebody that loved, I'm sure, if we put a little, how many people have lost somebody that they loved up, then there's lots of hands that go up. Um, and I was 36 at the time, and um, uh, Hakim was 41, totally unexpected. And so that was my first real, real test of resilience, really, about how I could bounce back from something that, you know, didn't take the physical strength that I had from my sports background, but really the mental and emotional strength on that. Um, I stayed in my job for a year because, I, you know, I thought, don't make any big changes. And then one morning I was brushing my teeth thinking, I've not really traveled very much and, you know, I need to go and travel. Um, you know, where, what happened to that little girl, the explorer, because I used to spin the globe with my dad when I was a little girl and, you know, you know, wild dreams about all the different places. So I thought I need to kind of tap into that explorer. And I think whenever we go through life changes, whether it's in business, life or relationships, there's always tears and a journey. <laughs> and that could be an inner journey or an outward journey. Um, so I decided to go walk about in Australia and I, and I wandered around Australia for about six weeks, um, sorting out this and, and this and uh, came back and thought, right now I've got a clean slate. What would I like to do now? And uh, I wrote down a list and I think this is quite you know, a good thing for anybody to do when they're just kind of in transitions. Like, what are my strong points? What are my strengths? Um, and I will kind of pass on a link, uh, Tim, for you about a strengths profile because I think when you're aware of your strengths, you can tap into them. So I, I love meeting people, you know, connecting with new cultures, uh, learning new skills, um, challenging myself, etc. And I kind of came down to the fact that it would be really cool to get into adventure tourism because I'd kind of done with the gym and the squash and the tennis and the aerobic studios. And I thought there's mountains, oceans, rivers, forests out there. Um, Hi, Edna. Great to see you. <laughs> Edna's been on one of my expeditions and uh, will come on several more. Oh, wow. Um, okay. We'll talk about that a bit later then. <laughs> so um, I thought this is what I need to do. And I thought, well, I don't have a travel background research, but I do travel a lot. Very long story short, I was running along the beach a couple of days later and there was a guy coming towards me and I thought, oh, that looks like one of the guys that used to be a member at the club I managed. And, and it was, and he just kind of said, hey, Jules, I thought you were still in Australia. And I said, no, I, I came back and I'm kind of deciding what I want to do with the rest of my life. And he said, well, what are you thinking? And I said, it's got to be something to do with travel and adventure. 
And, you know, talk about fortune favors the role and synchronicities. You just said, well, I opened an adventure travel company called Voyages Extreme a few months ago, and we're looking for a business development manager. Would you be interested? And this was in uh, 2001. Um, so I went on, I, you know, took the post as business development manager and uh, learned the ropes. And during that time period, I went to Malaysia as part of an educational trip. And on that trip, Tim, I saw the most gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous mountain. And the mountain was called Kota Kinabalu. And talk about Joseph Campbell, answer the call to adventure. It literally had my name all over it. It was, it was saying, come, come, come on, Chile. And so I asked the guide, you know, how, how high is the mountain? How long does it take? What's the best time to come? And uh, he said, April's a good season. It's 4,095 meters. You can do it in three days, four days. I said, right, I'm coming back next year. I'm going to be 40 next year. This is going to be my, you know, gift to myself. So, um, a whole year later, and I, and I did wait and I trained, a whole year later I managed to cajole five other people to come um, to Malaysia with me and we summited on Kota Kinabalu on the 7th of April 2002, which is also World Health Day. So I'm standing on top of this mountain on a natural high. I thought, I'm on a mountain, I'm on a high. Oh, mountain high, that would be a really cool name for a, a company, a business that encourages and inspires more and more people to kind of test themselves physically. Um, so I went back and um, Gulf News actually at the time said, can we do an interview? You know, this woman from this last from Yorkshire, 40 years old, goes off to climb a mountain. Most people want to have big parties and everything. I said, yeah, well, I had a big party when I came back. And so there was this lovely write-up in the Gulf News back in 2002. And that really created, you know, lots of people calling me uh, coming into the offices where I'm 40, I'm going to be 50, I'm going to be, I want to go and climb a mountain. So all of a sudden I kind of created this movement of women in their 40s and 50s that wanted to go and climb mountains. So um, the following year, it took a team of uh, 18 women to Everest Base Camp. So it was 18 women's, 18 days, 18,000 feet, which is just over 18,000 feet. And we raised around $80,000 for a mobile breast screening unit. We had wow, three from Altawan Hospital. And uh, we came back from that trip and I thought, this is it. I was born to do this. This is it. I was born to do this. And so I asked my boss at the time, you know, can I just focus on outbound tourism? And unfortunately, he wanted me to focus on inbound tourism, getting people in to go and do desert safaris, uh, you know, Musandam tours and everything. Um, so... We agreed to disagree and I um, do what I normally do when I'm not very happy, <laughs> make some changes. So um, I handed in my notice. I, I helped him find somebody to take my place. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to start Mountain High. This is, this is it. You know, I was 41 at the time. I thought, I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. Um, you know, I, I'd obviously lost my husband. And I thought, you know, what have I got to lose? You know, if the worst case scenario, I could go back to, um the teaching and um i remember phoning my dad up and i said dad you remember that game we used to play with the globe spinning the globe and then you know popping on a country and which one you want to go to and what you're going to do there and everything i said i've decided to make it a reality and i'm going to start my own business called mountain high like an indiana jewels taking all these people on wild adventures to the mountains and everything so <laughs> and of course i had um you know, most people have a business plan in place and do things. And I was just very spontaneously thinking, I just know this is going to work. 
Um, I went on a boat called El Mundo. I'm not sure if it's still existing in Dubai. It was moored at the Meridian Mina Siahi. I thought, let me go on this boat trip with a view to taking the women on the trip um, as a thank you for their, you know, for the, joining the expedition. And when I was on that boat, uh, I just noticed there was a woman that wasn't looking too too good. She looked a bit green. I thought she's a bit seasick. So I went over to her and I said, are you okay? And I got chatting to her and then she said, you just sound like that woman that was on the radio, um, you know, talking about yak cheese and trekking up in the, you know, Nepalese mountains. And I said, yes, that's me. And she said, what are you doing next? I want to come with you. <laughs> and I said, well, I've, um, I've left my job and I am going, it's never too late. Definitely never too late, Shivani. Um, and this is what I want to do. And, you know, this synchronicity, which, you know, we all experience is when we put ourselves out there. They had a company, she had a company called Creative Travel Solutions. And she said, come and have a chat with me tomorrow. So the next day I went into Media City Dubai, had a chat with her. And within 48 hours or less, uh, Mountain High was a division of Creative Travel Solutions. So it was the adventure division of Creative Travel Solutions. Oh, wow. So so flipped, you know. Um, so that was back in uh, 2003. And since that time, I've been running kind of around seven, 60 expeditions to more than 20 countries, including the Arctic and the Antarctica. And um, yeah, lots of stories to share. You know, I mean, this is really resilience in action. It's real time resilience because just like the business scenario is that things, you know, out in nature, it's unpredictable. It's challenging. Sometimes they're remote places and you have to really think on your feet as we're all doing now, thinking about yeah. this is the situation, what's the solution? And um, obviously after running all of these expeditions, people kept saying to me, Jules, when are you gonna write a book? You've got so many great stories. Um, so I did write a book called uh, Moving Mountains. And I think if I go down onto my little bookshelf, I can do a little bit of a, a PR plug there, discover the you. And, um, and then one day somebody said to me, gosh, you are so resilient. And I, what does that actually mean? You know, this is at the time when I just, I'd heard the word, but I wasn't quite sure what it meant. And so I Googled it and then I read a few books on it. And, and then I thought, I need to study this because a lot of companies have heard of it, but you know, can we measure it? Can we manage it? How can we, uh, you know, develop it? And what is it actually? And why is it important? And uh, so I decided to study resilience and I uh, tagged in with a group of business psychologists in the, the UK and I said, I'm an adventurer, I'm a sports scientist, um, I've studied NLP, emotional intelligence, and I think this would be a great toolkit. And they were quite gobsmacked, actually, that somebody from this background, as opposed to a, a pure academic psychology background, would be interested. And I said, well, I've got so many stories uh, that really fit nicely into your kind of model, the research that they've done. So I spent a week in London and did the training course with them and then came back, and, and really resilience has been of one of my signature topics which i'm so excited to be able to share that with you on the first of your resilience series and you know people say well what is it what is resilience and and of course most people would say it's the ability to bounce back but i'm going to say bounce forward um higher and stronger to um pick yourself up you know when you've been knocked down when you've taken a knock oh you've fallen off your horse you know the, the cowgirl or cowboy up 
um, uh, quote, you know, a lot of people from Texas and Colorado, when they've done talks, they go cowgirl up or cowboy up. And it means you've fallen off your horse, you get up, you dust yourself down and you get back on and ride, you know. I mean, how many people have fallen off Just like a business, isn't it? It is. It is very yeah. much so. You try something, it doesn't quite work. You kind of try again, try again, try again. Um, and you find a way. I mean, uh, when I, um, you know, you think you just, that's what uh, entrepreneurs do. They're solution focused. And um, so this ability to bounce back, to focus on solutions, um, to keep on keeping on. But also if you look at the word resilience, there's the word silence in there. And I think sometimes it's just good to be like the lake that's behind me here and be still and reflective, you know, that instead of doing, doing, doing uh, in business, you know, it's sometimes on autopilot is to actually just stop. Um, and I'm big on meditation. If somebody told me I could sit still for 20 minutes a few years ago, I would say no chance. Um, but I do think, you know, it's meditation is not just for hippies, monks and artists. It's really for world-class leaders, uh, you know. I know that's so true. It is. And, um, so that that's definitely something I would say to people to kind of when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and um, anxious is to really ground yourself. Um, and that that's a little tip I've used on on expeditions actually. When somebody said to me, you know, I'm feeling a bit anxious. You know, we're close to the summit. You know, and and I would just kind of say, okay, close your eyes, take three deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Then open your eyes. What can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? What can you feel? So that really brings you back into that present moment because you know it's very easy to think about what happened yesterday or what might happen next or tomorrow. Um, so this, you know, Eckhart Tolle being in the now and being very present is very, very important for business um, uh, in your sports and absolutely every area of your life to think what what's happening right now. Right now I'm sat on this chair, I'm on this live chat with you guys and, and everything is good, you know. What will tomorrow bring? So I think you know, not leaping into that. Um, one of the uh, my favorite kind of definition of resilience is probably um, uh, an Eastern philosophy proverb that says, "Stand like mountain, flow like water," uh, by Lao Tzu. So I can't claim it's mine. And and if you know, when you think of mountains, maybe some people in the chat box can put what are the words that you associate with you know a mountain. Um, kind of grounded, strong, stable, resilient, weathers the storms, you know, the storms come. Um, and, and, you know, so when do we need to be like a mountain, you know, in, in business, in our life and in our sports to stand strong like a mountain? Um, and then the water, you know, when you think about water, it always finds a way, you know, and we always need to find a way. Um, that lovely quote that I mentioned to you, Tim, just before we went live about, you know, John Bon Jovi, when you can't do what you normally do, do what you can, you know, so, it's, really, <laughs> you know? so it's it's finding a way, you know, if you think about a river, it's responding all the time dynamically to what's going on underneath, it's weaving around obstacles, it's adapting to the environment that it's in. So that being like water, you know, what does that mean to an entrepreneur or a businessman, be like water? And, and that's actually to, to, to flow. And instead of swimming upstream, hanging on to the side for dear life, saying, no, it has to be this way, it is actually uh, going with the flow and, and going in the direction of the river, knowing that you're going on to greater things, i.e. the ocean. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I think just another nature 
um, kind of metaphor are, are trees. You know, and I, I do this because of most of my resilience has come from nature, being in nature. And, um, you know, when I think of a tree, I think of something that's firmly grounded in, 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 with the roots. Um, and there's a lovely expression, the roots go deepest where the wind blows strongest. So, you know, during this situation that we're in now, you know, we're all being kind of blown around a little bit, you know, in terms of thinking, well, we used to do it this way and now we need to do it this way. But if, and you know, the importance is to remain grounded in your values. What are your company values, yeah. your, your personal values, et cetera, um, so that you remain grounded in that. And, and things, you know, another metaphor is like turning over a new leaf, you know, and we all have to, um, what's the buzzword, pivot into mm -hmm. doing different ways, you know, that will grow our business, but in a new, uh, new way. Um, so in a nutshell, that's really, for me, what, re what resilience is all about. It's that ability to focus on solutions, to be flexible, to adapt, to stay calm, optimistic, and um, yeah, keep on keeping on, but then know when to actually just stop and take a break and um, reach out, reach out. You know, I talk about something called the three C's, you know, is to connect. Now more than ever, people are feeling a bit disconnected because we're, you know, most people are working from home or remotely. Um, so to stay connected, uh, phone a client, phone one of your colleagues, phone a friend, uh, a family member, and just say, hey, how are you doing? What's, you know, what's going on for you today? And when it, you say that today is really important because how you're doing is just kind of quite general, but how are you doing today? Because many of us are going through this up and down, you know, this roller coaster ride. And then discuss ways that you can collaborate. You know, how can how can we collaborate? Can we team up on different things? And and what can we create? So those three C's are connect, uh, collaborate, and create. Really, um, uh, as you know, at the top. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that was an, that's an amazing story. I mean, so much accomplished, and I can't believe. Uh, I mean, that's really encouraging. I mean, you, you you hear some of the most successful entrepreneurs tend to start businesses in later life, and I I guess that goes to show it's never too late. I know Shivani put a message up earlier saying it's nice to know that's the case, but it is true. Yeah. I mean, if anything, yeah. you've got a wealth more life experience. You you know your your values are much more, like you say, grounded. You know what you want to accomplish, what impact you want to make, and I think yeah. you know one thing has certainly made me realize um, during this time is how much it's important to reflect on what you do do and yeah. if you do really enjoy it. And I think I've noticed some people change industries in the last couple of months. And, and I think, you know, that's amazing. Like this, If this maybe pandemic hadn't happened, maybe they would have been on that journey, which wasn't making them happy for a very long time. And, that, and if anything, that's a worrying thought. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people I know, and we're speaking to quite a lot of entrepreneurs at the minute, um, a lot in this group. And a lot of people are not doing as well as others. So really, yes. um, I'd love to kind of go on to a little bit more about how someone can teach resilience to themselves and how they yeah. can overcome maybe if they're feeling particularly like, disconnected, lonely, um, probably not productive. So what, what can you offer in terms of advice there? I think now more than ever, Tim, um, that it's really important to focus, you know, on the thoughts that we're having to be aware of those um, emotions so to to check in with that to make sure that we're eating well you know sometimes some people are overeating some people are under eating some people you know uh, are not staying hydrated so I, I'm thinking about how you're thinking how you're eating how you're moving are you exercising are you changing yeah. your physiology 
Because if we're sat down six to eight hours plus a day looking at a screen, then our metabolic rate, our circulation, everything goes down, brain fog, the whole nine yards. Um, and, and how you're sleeping, you know, are you getting a good night's sleep? Are you getting seven hours sleep? So that's kind of more from the, the, the things that we can um, manage ourselves, really, making sure that you're eating high energy foods, that you're eating small and often, that you're staying hydrated, that every 90 minutes you get up and walk around so you don't get a numb bum and that you kind of get your physiology going again. Um, I, I would say definitely get nature breaks because being indoors and on um, online, you know, what's the opposite of that is being outdoors and offline, um, just going for a little walk, you know, taking, taking, a, taking breaks basically. Um, I had a little system when I first started my business back in 2003 because as an entrepreneur, I thought, you know, I'm only accountable to myself now. You know, I didn't have um, stakeholders or, you know, investors or anything. So I had um, something called my power of three. And I've got my rocks here. I can't, these go everywhere with me, by the way. Um, and really, it's, it's kind of having the anchors, positive anchors. So the first rock represents my mind. Um, what am I going to do for my mind today? And that could be meditate, listen to some great music, um, read a great book. Um, you know, check in with my emotions. It, it could be anything to do with the mind. The second rock was the body. What am I going to do for my body today? So feed it good food, exercise it, um, you know, look after myself, basically. And then the third one was my, my spirit of adventure, but it, it was more often than my business. What, what three things can I do for my business today? So whenever I felt I was kind of on autopilot or going off track a little bit, the rocks would be on the desk. And I'd be going, okay, Julie, what have you done for your mind today? You know, uh, what have you done for your body? And what have you done for your business? Two, three people that you can call. Um, so I really think right now for this mental and emotional um, integration, because, you know, a lot of people are working from home. And so their work is their home and their home is their work. So this personal professional is really kind of merging into one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's um, clashing. Because pe people are not really balancing this correctly. I mean, there's a... I know there was a whole spike on work from home. People found it quite, you know, uncomfortable at first and they were doing it on the couch. They were doing it in bed. And it's just, I mean, I think people are now a little bit more in rhythm with it, but it's amazing mm -hmm. how, um, how environment dictates performance. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, if, and if it isn't, if it isn't, you know, healthy, you're not going to get healthy results, are you? True. I think it's important to still kind of establish a routine instead of just thinking, well, I can get up when I like, I can wear my pajamas, I can do this, you know. It's actually get up, um, you know, and establish a routine, a framework with some flexibility. So make sure that you've got times, you know, meal times, um, you know, exercise times, um, time when you're going to be calling people, reaching out to clients, family time, you know, or schooling time if you've got kids and you're doing that. So it's actually breaking your day because this is something that you can control. You know, there's some things that we can't control, but this really gives people a sense of, I can manage and control this. This is my kind of um, research time. This is my marketing time. This is, you know, the time that I'm going to make calls to people to stay connected. This is the time I exercise. This is the time I'm going to take a water break. Um, all of these different things. So I think it's making sure that you have that in place. And the other thing is really to set healthy boundaries. You know, if you're, um, you know, to let your kids know or let your partner know, I've got a deadline, I'm working on this, I need this two hours, three hours, totally, no, do not disturb. Um, you know, so making sure that you've got that 
your, your me time, the, the we time, the family time, um, and, and social media. I would really say, you know, limit your time on that as much as possible because you can actually get absorbed by this newsreel. And I think it's important to kind of what I call lift and shift away, rise above the fray. You know, be aware of what's going on um, yeah. in the world and, and, you know, local things that we need to be aware of. But, you know, please, please, please do not be consumed by it. You know, this is all about, you know, your your own thoughts and feelings and actions. And if you're in a positive upward spiral versus a, oh, my gosh, this, this and this, and, and you, you're following it where it's kind of eating you, you're consumed by it. I think what we can do for ourselves is to make sure that we take, Joy breaks, you know, things that boost our energy, people, places, activities, uh, things that really boost and keep an emotional journal. You know, I do this with a lot of my, my clients and just say, check in, you know, you know, this is something called the positivity ratio and which basically says that, you know, to flourish, which we all want to do five positive emotions to one negative emotion. So that's the ratio, negative or neutral emotion. So to track how you're feeling each day, you know, if it goes to four to one, three to one, two to one, one to one or zero to one, then, then this is going out on this downward spiral. Um, and I think that's when we need to really reach out and ask for help. So resilience is, yes, it's been, it's been self-reliant, but it's also creating this ecosystem of support. You know, yeah, asking, what do I need right now? Do I need a good laugh? Do I need some advice? Do I need, you know, ask what you need? Well, how are you feeling? What do you need? And who can help you? You know, you've got this great ecosystem of people on the, on, on your page and this group of entrepreneurs. And I think now more than ever, it's time to really connect and collaborate and support each other. Say, this is what I'm experiencing. What are you doing? How are you adapting? How are you responding? Um, you know, what what do you think about this? I think that's super, super important to, to not feel that just because we're indoors and in a very, you know, in our home, that we can't kind of still reach out and stay connected. Yeah, no, so, so I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know about most people, but I mean, when I first moved to Dubai, I found it a very lonely place, and you know, it's very, it's a very business-focused um, city. It's, I mean, obviously, most here are obviously expats living away from their friends and family. So, I think we're still, you know, learning how to communicate well online and lean on our network through a different medium. Um, it's not a case now where you can pick up and drive to your friends or. You know, go visit family and escape for the weekend. A lot of people don't have that luxury. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how we've had to pivot. We just saw. I just saw a comment here, which I think is quite fitting. Um, working for home definitely forces you to improve your communication with your family. Yes. In terms of time, space for each person, which is what you just said. Yeah. So incredibly important. Really yeah. important. And I think because, you know, there's a communication that you now have. You know, really kind of creating those healthy boundaries and and um, and sticking to them really and having that and understand that we're we're kind of all in the same storm but we're all experiencing it very differently if you're single married married with kids um, just arrived recently to Dubai you know arrived here in February and then all of a sudden this you know uh, I think it's very very much depending on your circumstances but I would highly encourage people to reach out to their support network you know you know lean over the balcony over the garden wall you know checking on your neighbors and things you know because uh i think it's just important to stay connected and focus on what you can do um yeah that lovely yeah, quote you know, yeah. yeah when fishermen can't go to sea they repair their net so i think everybody's looking at the way that they do business um and how they can do it differently and as you say maybe even kind of change direction altogether saying well i wasn't 
exactly that happy doing that. And now I can see a, a, a gap in the market or something that's going to really fuel the next chapter of my life. And now, you know, I'm going to get, give it a go, um, basically. Course, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually heard that quote from uh, Edna uh, Trenner. I know she's watching. I think that's an amazing quote because I've been I've, I've been repairing many nets. I didn't realize how many nets I had broken. So, <laughs> which I, I mean, hopefully people have been doing that. But yeah, I mean, it's an amazing, uh, amazing metaphor. Um, if it's okay with you, I think we'll probably let's do some questions because you've got loads of people commenting. Okay. So I don't want people to. Uh, I, I fear we probably won't get around everyone. But we've got one okay. question here from Sabrina. Um, we always say you need to balance between work and personal life, but a lot of people are really struggling to keep their business alive during the crisis. So I guess mm. that's meaning that people are favoring work more so than the personal thing. But what is the impact yeah. on mental health and motivation as a result of this stress? So what do you think there? I think it's really focusing on, you know, what you can do, what you can control and how you can adapt and respond to that. And then look at everything, look at the resources you know, what can you let go of? What are some things that are weighing you down are heavy, you know, emotions that are, you know, that do, how can you change certain thoughts, patterns or habits um, mm. uh, to, to kind of really um, either put your, you know, it's like treading water for a lot of people. You know, we're just keeping yeah. our heads above the water. We're not swimming in necessarily one clear direction. But I think it's very much, you know, what are the, what's stressing you to actually identify what's stressing me? And then, and, and, and who can help me with that? Or can I just let that go? It's like that serenity prayer, isn't it? There's some things I can't control. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, to, to, yeah, it's tough to keep motivating yourself, you know, but I think, you know, measuring these small successes um, by, you know, being more aware, by looking after yourself, you know, you know, making sure that you're thinking, eating, moving and sleeping really well. So I would always say start with yourself because if you're yeah. in this, you know, positive spiral upwards um what would it take to kind of take you to the next level what do you need to do you know do you need to go out for a long walk do you need to have a good laugh do you need to you know do something different and find somebody that can help you along with that because it, yeah. it is you know when you're just putting things out there and nobody's biting because everybody's really um some people are slamming the brakes on altogether uh and just saying that's it no no expenses nothing people have been let go etc and other people are thinking, well, we need this, so we're prepared to do this. So it's really uh, thinking about what's the most important thing for you to keep hold of. Um, and, and, you know, the first thing is yourself, you know, because if you're not in, in good form mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, then it's very hard um, to do that. But, you you know, to really focus on what you can do, that that would be a huge thing, I think. Yeah, I, I always refer to this metaphor about, um, you know, like just like being on a plane, um, if the oxygen masks come down, they, there's an obvious reason why they say you need to do your own first. Yes. Uh, I mean, if you're, if you're not right, you're not going to be able to fix anyone else. So, and that includes clients. So I guess the, the, it starts with you, as you as you just rightly said, that's a good way of seeing it. We've got, um, I don't know who the person is, Facebook user. So guys, anyone watching, make sure you enable StreamYard. Um, to allow you to see your information so we can see your names. But um, this person says a lot of people are being diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and other mental illnesses in the past years compared to a few decades ago. Why do you think this is? Have our daily stress and problems increased or are their resources just more accessible now? So what do you think there? I mean, I think, I, I think obviously the spike of, I guess, press, peer pressure and, you know, compare, people comparing themselves to others on social media and things, I guess that hasn't helped the situation. 
Um, mm. I know it can be very sometimes unmotivating when you see sometimes others doing better than others and, and you're like, you feel maybe unproductive. And I mean, everyone has good and bad days and, and social media for me, as I guess, is a never clear representation of how well someone's doing. Um, but I mean, what would you say to that? What would you say? I think in terms of, you know, stress, it's being aware, what is actually stressing you? Is it is it a person, a group of people? Is it um, a, an actual situation? Is it an activity? What are, What's stressing you to, to name it, to tame it almost, you know, when, when we understand that's a result of that. And, and and what kind of things, you know, what symptoms are you getting more headaches? Are, you know, I mean, I'm getting eye strain because I'm looking at screen more than often. So I've actually made a little note now, note to self, you know, lower the, the screen, um, you know, the, the, the lights uh, on the screen, etc. Um, I think, yeah, knowing what the stresses are, what are you feeling? Are you getting backache, neck ache, shoulder ache? Is it tummy ache? Are you not eating well? Um, I think, you know, sometimes it's information overload and we're trying to be everything um, all at once. You know, we're trying to be the super person that can manage all of these things. And I think it's really being kind to yourself. And if you need to just take a break, um, like I do every Friday, take a digital detox, I'm not online at all. Um, and, and I think it's just knowing what works for you to um, manage or negate or eliminate your stress. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're eating well and you're sleeping well and you're moving well and you've got this social, you know, this ecosystem of support, um, which I do believe you have through the Facebook page and, and through other yeah. connections. And I think so it's just deciding what you can let go of, you know, and put it into a compartment, you know, decide that you're going to not, um, you know, get off that page or not follow the news and be glued to all the news around the globe about what's going on, you know be aware of it but I, w I would say not to be consumed by it so be very yeah set your own healthy boundaries yeah that's true Shivani just um said something quite relevant here this time has actually made us explore ourselves and our potential in a weird twisted way I mean it's so true I mean for us we've developed a whole new ecosystem of products I mean some people might you know f find that in a macro I guess perspective you know this this crisis could be some some of the best things that's ever happened to them I don't know um, I mean, like you said, tough times make people resilient, you know, and what doesn't kill you, I guess, makes you stronger. So I guess that's incredibly fitting right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it will become more creative and more resourceful, you know, think, well, we could do this instead, or we could use this this way, or we could do that differently. Um, you know, some people are loving this, you know, that they've got more time, you know, some people are time poor, some people are time rich, we've all got 168 hours in the day. And it's how are we using them? Are we using them wisely? Um, some people are loving that, that they've got more time. They're doing things that they never had time to do. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're starting projects, they're creating, they're researching. Uh, they're, they're kind of getting to know themselves and their family and people at a completely different level. Um, you know, so whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert, somewhere in between, you know, every, everybody's experiencing this quite differently. So I think it's balancing the, the solitude uh, with social connection. And I say the word solitude instead of loneliness because I think solitude is something that, you know, you choose, that you you want that me time, you want to step away from everything. Yeah. Um, when it comes to loneliness, then that's definitely a, a, an action signal to reach out to somebody. Yeah. That's so true. Um, Samantha here, uh, as I said, what would, you, uh, what would be your most important advice to stay resilient and not give up as business owners and people in terms of motivation? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, surrounding yourself with your tribe, you know, people that are, um, you know, entrepreneurs, that they're dreamers, that doers, you know, 
uh, that they really kind of help support you. I mean, one of the top, you know, the the elements, there's five elements of resilience, you know, in the, the model that I studied, and that one is, is optimism. And so there's that lovely quote, you know, the best exotic Marigold Hotel, everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. You know, because we know that this will pass. We know will it be quite different. And and so really it's the ability to stay optimistic and focus on what we can do. And, you know, pragmatic realism. Yeah, it's a tough time right now. And what would we like that to be? To be open, uh, open-minded and flexible in your approach. Um, you know, to, to, to be accountable really to, to yourself and to others. Um, and do things that are fun, you know, I mean, it can't be all serious, serious, serious. And, you know, how can you lift and shift that? Um, and, and to know that, you know, think of yourself when you were a little child and how many times you fell down, you know, you, you saw all the adults walking, you thought that looks like a really cool thing to do. And you're crawling on the floor and then you get up and then you fall down you get up and you fall down. So kind of tapping back into that childhood, learning to kind of crawl, walk, run, you know, if we're crawling like now, what would it take to be walking? What would it take to run? Um, and, you know, really use this time to think very deeply about what you would like to create as the next chapter. You know, people are talking about BC before COVID and then DC during COVID and then AC after COVID. You know, so these different kind of time periods. Um, yeah, so a connection, collaboration, creating, thinking out of the box, um, doing things that you love, um, you know, making sure that you take joy breaks, giggle breaks, and you really, really do look after yourself. You know, that's that's the first thing. And focusing on solutions. Just seen a funny quick, uh, comment here. Kids are the best example of resilience. <laughs> <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Do you know? And I've often said to people, if you're not quite sure what to do, ask your kids or ask your grandma. You know, because you'll get this really diverse response, and sometimes it's it's getting a fresh perspective because when we are stressed, or, you know, we become more narrow-minded, literally. We, we haven't got this broadened awareness. Oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And, and when yeah. I've been on expeditions and something's gone wrong, you know, I, I've got the, the team and I said, I said, okay, this is the situation. What do you think we should do? Boom, boom, boom. And I get everybody's ideas. I know I have to make the decision in the end, but, you know, it's very Socratic, you know, that you come up with ideas, you brainstorm, and you think, well, that would be a good way. Right, that's what we're going to do. So, um, yeah. No, so true. I'm actually, I, I kind of want to circle back to meditation because I've never done this. I mean, you, okay. so you do this quite often. How long have you been doing this for? Do you, do many business owners do this? Because, I mean, for, I always did have the, I guess, the opinion that it would be for people that are kind of like a bit free-spirited and, and like hippies and things. But I, I suppose it's incredibly important, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, yeah. Do you know, um, I, I think I probably started when I when I started my business because um, I'd read a little bit about it and I'm kind of very interested in, in the kind of esoteric side. And I think anybody that's been to Nepal and been to Tibet and Bhutan and, and places like that, you know, you, you kind of feel drawn to, you know, what is it about that stillness and silence, that gift? And I'd read about, you know, peak performing athletes, Olympic athletes. Um, you know, world leaders and everything doing it. And I um, I started, Tim, by focusing on a candle flame. And, and what I did is just light a candle and just look at the flame. And if I thought, you know, if my thoughts were going off, oh, I've got to do this and then, then I need to do this, I just come back to the flame. So it's having a, a, you know, a primary focus. So a candle flame is a great start for anybody who's not done it before. Um, okay. uh, focusing on your breath, you know, literally closing your eyes 
I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, just saying that mentally. There's some great apps, um, you know, BrainSync, that's B-R-A-I-N-S-Y-N-C, BrainSync, and Kelly Howell, and they're guided and they get you into theta state. So if we're in beta all the time, very, you know, wired, thinking linear, and we need to drop down as we do when we go to sleep, then these are guided visualizations. So the things like, you know, mastering your destiny, um, I think that's very important. So at the end of the day, you don't do meditation. You know, you just, it's not something, you know, that you do it. You just literally yeah. sit, sit still and focus on your breathing, focus on the point, um, you know, being mind, just still and silent and, and just coming yeah. grounded. Yeah. And, I, suppose, yeah. I, suppose it, I suppose that helps almost like with um, focusing on tasks as well. I mean, I mean, for me, I'm always darting from one thing to the next. It's probably incredibly yeah. inefficient. I'm sure a lot of probably other business owners do that as well. But I mean, I guess that kind of trains you to, again, like you say, have a primary focus. They always say that you should always do one task at a time. Um, you know, what's the what focus breaks down? Follow, follow one course until successful. I was told yeah. that. I think yeah. I, I got that from Rob Moore, Life Leverage. I read when I read that read that book. So yeah, I'm not sure if you read that. Yeah, very good. So now is it's like listening to your intuition because if you've got a busy mind. And you're running several programs. I talk about, you know, monkey mind that you've got so many things going in your head is to actually declutter that mind and, and switch it off like you do your computer when it crashes because it's running too many programs. You literally close it off, you unplug it, and you just leave it be. And that's what we need to do to ourselves sometimes. We need to close everything off, you know, close your eyes, just sit nice and calmly. I mean, I have an exercise called the here and now rock. And I ask people to visualize just actually sitting on this rock. And they could be on a lake, they could be in a forest, it could be in the back garden, it could be anywhere. But this is their grounding rock. And just mm. listen. Um, you know, in business, we have to be intuitive. We have to, you know, kind of sense, you know, the subtle kind of, you know, what's going on, what's the, you know, you know, you might get little messages, you know, that just, you know, synchronities, conversations or something like that. And I think now to be able to tap into that soft skill is really, really important instead of just charging yeah. straight ahead. You know, direction is more important than speed right now. And, you know, yeah. this is, you know, the true north. Um, so meditation allows you to, you know, silence that inner voice and, and then actually just see what comes out of that, you know. So resilience, intuition, courage to change, adapting, um, all of these great words. Um, yeah. I love that. I, and I really, I really like what you said earlier about the three C's, you know, connect, collaborate and creativity. That's great. Mm. Yeah. We could have another one, and that would be care, you know, <laughs> caring yeah. for each other, you know, kindness right now to reach out and say, hey, how are you doing today? Is there anything I can help you with? This is so easy to do, and I think more and more people are doing that. So, yeah, I think that, you know, like the virus, let's let some of the things like kindness and love and gratitude and everything spread as wild as well, you know, this is, sprinkle everybody with this, um, you know, to, to actually be kind to yourself and, and to reach out to if you know people that are living on their own and, and maybe struggling, give them a call, you know? So true. No, no. I mean, we, we've, we've been almost centering every single talk around this, like the importance of just giving value um, yeah. right now. To, it doesn't have to be for any monetary incentive. I mean, you know, what goes around comes around. I'm a big believer of that. Um, and and we, none of us know what mental state, you know, our clients in, suppliers in, staff are in. So... It's always good just to pick up the phone, ask them how they are from time to time, because you know you never know. You might make a huge difference for someone. Um, so yeah, no, it's very true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, we've got little WhatsApp support groups, and people just say thank you. I just needed to hear that. You know, it could just 
be a little voice message um and and yeah it could it could just be that you know flip the switch really it's a, a split second that it takes to do that and it could actually make somebody's life a little ah oh, somebody's thinking about it, somebody cares you know i'm not on my own in this you know little den that i've created myself in the basement or in my my storage cupboard or something like that yeah <laughs> oh god well yeah. judy thank you so much for um giving us so much value there i mean I think it's, you know, really, I think it'd be great to kind of get people to keep in touch with you. What's, what's the best method for people to kind of reach out and find out what you're doing? And, you know, if they yeah. need anything, what can, they, what can they do? What's the best way for people to get in touch? Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, and my website is www.julie-lewis.com. And it's got all my contact details. I'm based in Abu Dhabi, so it's easy for people, you know, with Zoom, Skype, WhatsApp. I'm here really, and I really am, you know, because I think, you know, this is an important time to really support each other. I've been an entrepreneur and freelancer now since 2003. And uh, as yeah. they say, on the mountain, it's tough at the top and it's tough to stay at the top, you know? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Just, so, yeah, I'm here, I'm here for you, yeah. Well, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think you've been the absolute perfect person to kick off our resilience series with. So thank you. So yeah, much for giving us sharing your stories. Um, I'd love to have you back uh, in the future for another talk if you're open to it. But it'd be amazing. That sounds great. So anyway, thank you so much, Julie. And um, guys, if you have any more questions for Julie, just drop them in the comments if you're watching this video that isn't live. Um, I'm sure if she's not in the group. She will be after this uh, call, so you can always just tag her in as well. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community.